0: Good afternoon and welcome back to Tokyo on Fire. Today is October 2nd 2015. You are watching episode 27. Our burning issue today is Abe's new Three Arrows. You might recall that the Abenomics was focused on three arrows. The reason for the analogy of three arrows is that it's easier to break one twig or one stick than it is to break three that are bound together. That was the whole focus of Abenomics. The three arrows consist of monetary easing, Fiscal Stimulus and Regulatory Reform. I'll be placed a lot of emphasis on the first two, Fiscal Stimulus and Monetary Easing. On the third one, Regulatory Reform, it's more difficult. Focusing on Regulatory Reform involves fights with vested interests, very deep-seated um, special interest groups, and specialized industry groups. He indeed made some progress with the agricultural reform and with the establishment of several special economic zones, But overall, I think he probably received a pretty poor scorecard. Today, to talk about this issue with me is my co-host, Michael Chuchek. You know Michael Chuchek if you've been reading the blog Shisaku. That's the foremost blog in English on Japanese political issues. Michael, welcome. It's nice to be back. Our last issue was two weeks ago. We talked about the security legislation that was exploding in the Diet just as we were having our conversation. And it did go as we said. It was passed and it is now the law. Right. So now the focus of the Prime Minister is to get back to it's all about economics. It's you know, follow the money. He's finished the debate on security reform and he's spent a lot of political capital on getting the, the security legislation passed. Now he's changing gears. Well, you you could would
1: one was hearing from international investors all through this year. When is he going to get back on track? When is the administration going to get back on track? Of course they were constantly working on some subjects, like TPP, where they had the negotiations ongoing with other countries. Other countries providing the stimulus and also providing the pressure in order to keep focused on these issues. But where the Abe administration had to rely on its own devices, on its own capacities to stay focused, it wasn't. And indeed, in terms of this security legislation, it just completely overwhelmed the entire legislative
0: calendar for, let's say, the last six months. Right. The Japanese government is a huge machine. I mean, it does lots of things. There are several ministries, what, 15 ministries that focus on individual aspects of running and managing a a country. It seems like some of the energy could have been spent on, you know, managing... Passage of the security legislation, while other energy was spent on, you know, economic reform, fiscal stimulus, those sorts of things. But it seems like all of the energy was just for six months, eight months or so, was guided toward, you know, passing the the security legislation. Well,
1: management is one thing. And and management, they they kept going and doing what they should be doing. And when I say they, I mean each minister is responsible for the ministry underneath him or her. Mm -hmm. And they were doing that it's not management, but leadership. And leadership was not what the government was providing. Le- the government was just basically just passing around pieces of paper and handling what exists. But leadership, you're going to be, have to be confronting what's to come. Mm-hmm. And that's what international investors were saying. What's to come? What's happening? What are you guys going to be doing? Mm. And they didn't seem to get in, their message across that, that there, something had to be said until this this last week.
0: I don't know if it's accurate to say that the Prime Minister has just trashed the last three arrows and come up with three new arrows, but let's talk about what the three arrows originally were. Monetary easing, fiscal stimulus, and regulatory
1: reform. Those three, and they, they did try to do all three. Now, the third one was delayed. Why? Because they didn't have a plan as they came in. So, the first two arrows were shot off and we had the big increase in the size of the BOJ's book. We also had a major kick-up in the, in the budget. The, the biggest budgets ever have been passed during the Abe administration. So this is not a fiscally conservative administration in any way. Mm-hmm. Unlike most conservative parties around the world which have been advocating uh, a contraction of the budget, this has been an expansionist policy. But they came in with nothing in the, in the presentation about what regulatory changes they were going to make. Instead, Mr. Abe put together a series of commissions that offered a set of programs. Now, that has a good side and a bad side. One, the good side is that it's right up to date. It's the things that need to be done now mm-hmm. with the people who are dealing with these issues. The problem, of course, was that there's no time to vet any of it, and it came out Straight out of the mouths of rather these, heavy-handed. Well, it came, yeah, it was heavy-handed, and it was self self-serving. Mm-hmm. The members of the commission said what their pet projects would be, and that became the program. And then everyone looking at that said, "They're just they're just saying what they want to have changed. They don't want. Right. To, they don't have a program. They don't have an integrated set of ideas. They just put their favorite pet project on." On this uh, plate, and then we're all supposed to eat from it, and that just didn't go well. And so they revamped it a year later, and then this last spring they didn't even try revamping it, and instead we're seeing the rollout now of a really a compacted set of uh, of three arrows, and compacting is probably what it needed because the second version, which they unleashed a year after the first one, had. Over two hundred and thirteen different items on it, and it was just—it was, it was an unfocused
0: cornucopia. You're of talking just about a, all three compiled together. Yeah, no,
1: no. This is just for the fiscal. This is just for the regulatory, regulatory reform. reform. Right. Had over two hundred and thirteen items listed. There was no sense of any kind of program. It was just a grab bag. Mm-hmm. A free for all. It was a free for all, and, and instead, in this last speech, they took out a few basic subjects, and said, here's where we're going to go with these. Mm -hmm. And uh, that has been something that not only people in the financial industry, but also academics, uh, people in government advising, they've been saying this, "Say you've got to do this. Mm -hmm. If you're going to be believable in selling a program, you've got to have a program that's, that's down to you know, to bite size.
0: The interesting thing about this, though, is that Abenomics was sold to the population as this is Abe's plan for moving forward. Right. And it was kind of a, a, a false start because in the end, he put all of that off to the side and focused all of his energy on the defense package. Well, that's certainly what we got out of the
1: second election, which we had just last year. You know, when he dissolved the diet. And suddenly said, okay, we're going to have an election and it's to refocus our energies. Mm -hmm. Certainly the campaign rhetoric at that time, the promises made, were completely different from what happened. Instead of, of, I need to to get a grip on the economic program, the economic program was just put in neutral and instead it was all security affairs. Mm -hmm. Now, okay, he had won the election, he gets to choose what the issues are. Okay, fine. But unfortunately, the rest of the world doesn't care. right? The rest of the world, spe- specifically the financial world, where they' you know, their hair trigger and they make decisions in, in milliseconds, the moment they saw Abe turning off, they turned off to him.
0: right? What do you think? I mean, um, of the three arrows, he's made certain advances, he's made certain failures. But overall I mean it was in place for two and a half years. I think he made some pretty good progress forward. TPP as a part of the uh, regulatory reform, it made cer- it got certain traction, it made certain progress, it didn't succeed in the end, it's not over yet, but um, financial uh, fiscal easing or monetary stimulus, those things seem to get good traction and have good payoff for the country. Well,
1: yes and no. In, in terms of what the BOJ has done with its reputation, which is put the reputation on the line and say we're going to achieve 2% inflation, 2% rate of real growth by two years time. Mm-hmm. They're didn't quite work. It's not even is clo- not even close on any of those counts. And so in terms of selling its reputation down the river, it's done so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the B O J. And 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 Abes can say, well, you know, you're an independent organization. That's really too bad. I mean I feel sorry for you. Right. And that's the beauty of being in politics: is that you can suddenly forget that you were the person who appointed the, the Bank of Japan governor, and and just say, well, you know, you it just didn't work out for mm-hmm. you, and and they're going to walk away from that, uh, and I think they'll walk away unscathed because, let's face it, it 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 was complicated by the imposition of the consumption tax rise, that with its three percent rise in the consumption tax set everything to tumbling in terms of Japan's economy. And at that point everyone can say, you know, we in the LDP, we didn't pass this. This was passed, this was we 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 this we This was imposed on this us. was this, imposed right. on us. That we, we we it was the previous administration who came up with this idea, the DPJ. And and they can talk about right. that even though this was entirely an LDP idea. Mm-hmm. They they're going to, to do that too. And say, well it wasn't us that made the, fi- the decision to go this way. It does come up in uh, two years time when we're going to be seeing what's going to happen with the rise that's supposed to happen from 8% to 10%, mm-hmm. the, the next 2% jump, whether they're really going to go through with that, seeing as how much it has affected the economy this time. Right. And th- it's going to be a fight between the, f- the finance ministry as always and the rest of humanity, basically, right. uh, and the finance ministry usually wins the battles, unfortunately. Mm. And that's one thing they can say now. In terms of the fiscal stimulus, it's not hard. You just pay, you buy more things, right? And,
0: and what? Well, it's if, actually government spending. It's the government actively involved in the economy. Yeah, but in order to
1: to pay for it, they've had enormous expansions in the issuance of government bonds, right? They have been cutting back on that and relying more and more on tax revenues as the economy has become stronger and particularly uh, the corporate profits have grown higher and higher, Right. then you have corporate income tax taking a bigger and bigger chunk and you're able to have a more and more balanced budget. Right. Now with that, they, they can point to, to progress in that area and they, they frequently do and it's true. Whether that cycle is going to continue or not is hard to say, because the increase in profits was basically engineered through devaluing the currency. Right. And if you devalue the currency, your dollar receipts or whatever, your, your euro receipts suddenly expand in value when measured in yen, mm-hmm. and it makes you look like a genius. Right. We have the highest level of corporate profits ever. It's not hard to look like a genius right. if you have receipts in euros and in dollars and you convert them into yen with a devalued yen right. it's not it's not rocket science
0: well you have said a mouthful i mean there are so many issues that you've brought up just in this this brief conversation that we've had it is really just by the grace of the gods in the heaven that the uh, price of oil has also been plummeting at the same time and you would think that they would really start to to use this opportunity to get traction but the fact of the matter is is that like in a lot of situations, the rich get richer. What I mean by that is the corporate wealth is expanding. It's not really trickling down, as the theory probably was with Abenomics, that uh, pay will increase and people will go out and spend more. It kind of hasn't done that. It's, it's, the, the corporations have, have pretty much held their wealth and they're somewhat nervous about what the future pr- pretends for them as well.
1: Well, they, they've gone through 20 years Of contraction and cutting costs. It's just been unbelievable. They've just just been doing that. It's just a mindset Mm -hmm. and not one but two generations of executives have been doing nothing but Mm cost-cutting. The idea of expanding, of paying people more, is just not in their DNA Mm -hmm. anymore. Now, Mr. Abe has been talking, 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 talking incessantly about raising wages, about expanding investment in Japan, He's been and he says, Look, I will even give you a tax cut. Right. If you so come along and join me on in in this party. Uh, they haven't. And the the thing that has made it politically difficult is even before any of Abenomics began, Japan's corporates were sitting on an Everest of retained profits, of just cash that does nothing. Something on the order of 1.2, 1.3. Trillion dollars in just cash. Mm-hmm. And it was a perverse amount. All of the major international economic agencies saying that the corporates don't need this amount of money. There is no economic crisis anyone can even imagine where you would have to have that much money salted away. Right. Instead, what that represents is low, it's basically money taken from the employees in terms of they're not being paid. What is commensurate to their level of work, and it, it's investment that's not getting made or price inflation, you know. But yeah. it, but it, it's 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 just sitting there. It's just cash. And
0: what Abenomics has done so far is add to that mountain. And the reason for that is because now corporations are going to be paying less and less corporate taxes. Yeah, well, and that all that it is going to be doing is adding to the cash mountain, unless
1: there are some kind of regulatory reforms. Mm-hmm that push the corporates to suddenly get themselves out of this. One of them, the regulatory reforms, and it's really important, is corporate governance.
0: Corporate governance is so huge, it is just really beginning to balloon. We should do a podcast, we should do Tokyo on Fire on just corporate governance. Okay, well let's do that maybe next week Mm -hmm. Okay, or sometime
1: soon Because, because it's really important. But in the case of Abenomics, what it was supposed to be bringing to the the corporates was either get off this mountain of cash, get rid of it, or the new regulations will expose you and penalize you. And penalize right. you. And show corporate executives all around the world that you don't know what to do with money. And you are not in the big leagues. Mm-hmm. That has a certain cachet and it has a certain impetus to start working around how to use the money. Unfortunately what we're seeing a lot of is m and and not entirely well thought out m and with corporates trying to take their cash and buy something overseas without doing the really, really necessary research into whether the corporate investment that they're oh, because making... Because the
0: money is available and it's it seems to be a, a, an easy thing to do. And that the
1: Abe administration is targeting
0: it. Right, That it, it's going to be targeting not
1: getting it through taxes, but exposing companies that don't properly use their financial capital.
0: Okay, before we drift too far away from the three arrows theme, you also mentioned about the consumption tax. And the consumption tax was initially three percent. It is now being pushed to 8%. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. eight percent. It's eight percent now. Yeah, it was initially three percent and is now being pushed to ten percent. And there's a lot of you know there's a lot of uncertainty now about what is included in the ten percent. Will food items be included, for example? The my number system being implemented to kind of track that and that sort of thing. But isn't it true that it's not going to stop at ten percent? This process will continue for the foreseeable future until the uh, the consumption tax level reaches some sort of UN regulated. Um, Number, don't you think? Oh,
1: I don't think that's going to happen at all because the, the Abe administration is targeting growth. Now they've made a promise, an extraordinary promise of a a national economy of six hundred trillion yen within a very short amount of time, which is twenty two percent larger than the one we've already got. Right. And everyone is saying, how is this at all possible? What what are they smoking? Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the the goal. An immense expansion. Now if you have an expanding economy you will have expanded tax receipts. The tax receipts will eventually reverse and we've had a significant cut in the size of the fiscal deficit as compared to GDP that during the Abe administration. It has fallen almost perhaps even more than 50% and that's great and as the economy expands that tax return you know that tax take will cover more and more mm-hmm. of the the deficit hole and eventually the deficit hole will completely disappear and they'll start paying down the national right. debt. That's the, that's the plan. Not increase the taxes and pay out that way. Mm-hmm. Now there are people who say you, you, that you can't do it. I mean that's that, that's fantasy and it probably is fantasy, but it's a good mix rather than face the fiscal deficit the way that the finance ministry wants, which is to tax people more, because that's just collapsing the size of the economy well, each time it happens. Sure,
0: we've seen that happen over the last two years. I mean, the, the impact on the overall economy is huge. But the fact of the matter is is that Japan's consumption tax, overall tax on its citizens, is one of the lowest in all of the advanced uh, developed countries. And they like to have lots of services.
1: They like to have European style services right. with less than US style. Taxation mm-hmm. and that that has no future. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll accept that. But th- they also have some very basic advantages. Amongst them are the world's lowest healthcare costs. And healthcare is where every major industrialized nation is now looking into the abyss. Mm-hmm. And they say, holy cow, with this aging population, our healthcare costs are going to explode. And Japan is at the bottom end. It's, it's at the vanguard, right? It's, it's at the vanguard in terms of, of aging, but it's at the bottom end in terms of its costs mm-hmm. and that is a huge advantage and it's a very very good incentive for people looking around the world in terms of where to invest Examples. and where to do business. Right. They can say, look, whatever the negatives of Japan, they at least have this in, under control and this is really important. So that there is an argument for Japan investment, for Japan business. There. Mm-hmm. Now, getting back to the three arrows, at least the ones that he most recently announced, they're to put it mildly rather trendy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a refinement. It's really a set of things that I'm going to say is just basically for PR purposes. Now, that's not stupid because they've had a PR problem. Yes, they have. You know, and this is re- responding to that particular problem in a particular way. Mm-hmm. And I can when you look at the list of things that they're talking about, uh, women is women in business in particular, and also this matter of uh, what being fuzzy on immigration. Right. Those are things that have been hammered away at by many, many people outside of Japan. And so when Abe goes to New York, these are the things that he should be talking about. It's really, it's really a no-brainer.
0: Okay, let's talk just about the dynamics before we get into the new three arrows that he's identified. The dynamics of why he's kind of jettisoned the first three arrows, and I don't think he's, he's tr- tr- truly done that, mm-hmm. but he's come up with three new arrows. The dynamics of why he's come up with that, how he's come up with these three new trendy arrows to, to talk to the, you know, the voting population about. And how he thinks what he's the, the, the political capital that he spent on getting the security legislation passed has an economic impact in moving forward. I have to disagree
1: with the entire concept behind that. Mm-hmm. I think that because these were mentioned overseas, he had gone for the UN General Assembly and was in North America. He specifically chose these three items to emphasize that. He's answering the interests of international investors and the international media, particularly the international media. That when he comes back to Japan, this will not be the focus. And mm-hmm. uh, conversely, when he was asked in New York, one of the most you know multilingual, polyglot, multicolored places. On the planet with immigrants from all over, and refugees from all over, and asylum seekers from all over. You have the UN there. He was asked about Japan's increasing the number of Syrian refugees that it would take, and he was very cognizant that the press conference that he was giving was happening during breakfast at Japan Mm -hmm. and was being broadcast live in the morning as people were eating their breakfast just before going to work. He said, nothing we're not going to take any we have to work on our elderly problem we have to work on our women problem mm-hmm. and then he did this in new york why because he knew that the audience that he was talking to right at that particular moment was sitting was sitting at breakfast in japan right it's extremely cynical it's focused it's on target as to who he's tar- talking to and the three arrows that he just introduced were the same way mm-hmm. it was the same focus on Who's in my audience?
0: Okay, so what we can say is through the security legislation brouhaha that just finished two weeks ago or ten days ago, his numbers took a bit of a dive. I mean, there are still protesters in front of the Diet even today. His numbers need to be improved. He's got an election that's coming up within six months in the upper house and he needs to enhance his numbers. He needs to boost his popularity. Yeah, but this doesn't seem to be a part of that. This seems to be part of Keeping the Japan story,
1: the Abenomics story alive. Mm-hmm. I really don't see in the three subjects that he, he discussed, which were women in in the business force,
0: more uh, elder care, right, right. Uh, and the third is creation of some sort of environment where people are compelled to have more children. Ah, that's one. All yes. these these are very very.
1: OK, these are issues in Japan, yes, but they seem to be very, very soft and No, it's and different friendly. It's
0: different from the first three arrows. The first three arrows were rather massive. They were segmented, and they had broad appeal to the economy, I thought. Yeah. This one is different in, in complete character and tone. Well okay, the first thing is this, this obsession
1: with childbirth. And we had this week Chief Cabinet Minister Suga. Making a complete ass of himself during a live Fuji television broadcast when he was asked about the marriage of, of Fukuye and, and Fukuyama that these two stars got married after being together for many years With much teeth gnashing and and, 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 and throughout the population and, uh, they're both incredibly beautiful people yes. okay yes uh, many many tears were shed by by many men and women yes uh, but these two got married uh, and He was asked for his comment, and he said that he hopes that she contributes to the national welfare by producing children. Uh, (laughs) The distance between that and baby-making machines is very, very small. And Mm. and it became a huge Twitter controversy, and, and we don't know what's going to happen when Abe comes back. But this issue of making it easier for women to bear children, Mm -hmm. has become an obsession. And the promises are not for only an expanded 600 trillion economy, it's to maintain Japanese population at 100 million. When all demographic projections show it plunging below Hundred million, well before the year twenty fifty, almost ma-
0: almost mathematically impossible.
1: Well, it's 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 not mathematically impossible, but it's pretty much biologically impossible, and it's certainly in terms of sociological behavior right. of men and women in Japan. It's just not going to happen.
0: Well, the replenishment rate now is about one point three, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's very low. It's not the world's lowest, right. But it's it's very typical
1: for advanced industrial economies, where there is. A stigma against illegitimate births, mm-hmm. where there is no stigma, like places like France and, and Sweden, where or the U.S., where over forty percent of births are out of wedlock, the the uh, size of the of the population and the, the number of births per woman are, is is growing and, and and it's quite high. Here in East Asia, where there is a tremendous stigma against out of wedlock births, Japan is right in the middle of. Korea is worse, Uh, Singapore and and Hong Kong are disastrously low, Mm -hmm. Uh, Taiwan is in the same boat, and China is, of course, by law below everybody else because of their one China policy. Uh, That This is a, a global issue or a regional issue at least, but they're going to try to reverse it without changing the social basis of it, which is in any other place in any other industrialized nation women having children but not being married to anybody right here we have the exact opposite the moment a young woman starlet gets pregnant bingo she marries whomever it is is the the father possibly right it's the dikki kekkon. right i oops i got i got married i got preg- I, I got but, pregnant first then right. i got married and that kind of thing is the rule, mm-hmm. you know? And we also have it here in Japan an extraordinarily, extraordinarily high abortion rate. Mm, right. uh, now, one of, the, of uh, Mr. Abe's main allies, uh, Ms. Sanai Takaichi, uh, is on the forefront of trying to restrict abortions. And many of the women in the Abe cabinet and in the Abe circle. Are of the same opinion that somehow some kind of legalistic uh, restriction has to be placed on abortion, which has been free since 1945. Which is again, you're you're trying to reverse sociological trends there, Uh, and and you're trying to you're also going against what is a big money maker for a lot of doctors.
0: Right. Well, there's no stigma on. You know, having an abortion, but there is something of a stigma if you have a child out of wedlock. Not something of a,
1: yes. it, it is a stigma. Right. The, the number of out of wedlock births in Japan is two point two percent. It's really low. Mm. You know, two point two percent versus forty percent and above. France, it's over fifty percent are out of wedlock.
0: I, I don't know, Michael.
1: I don't see that happening. Um, I, we don't. It's just we don't have what it takes in order to achieve the goals that Mr. Abe is setting right now. Mm -hmm. That I don't think is
0: possible. Well, I think the strategy is not that more people get married and have children, although that would help. It's probably that people who are married are compelled to have more children than they normally would have had. Well, that, that, and, and they're offering very interesting incentives. They're offering things like more child care.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I think that's where you have to start though, isn't it? I mean, people who are not married or maybe they're married and thinking about having a children are looking around and they're, they're talking to brothers and sisters and other people that they went to high school with who are either married or not married and kind of comparing what their potential future is like before they decide to have children. Well, okay, This, in terms of, let's say, the
1: child care issue, the, the plot or the, the plan that was offered is that there will be 400,000 extra spaces, which is a lot of construction, to put it mm-hmm. mildly, uh, unless you're trying to do things like change the regulations so that buildings that were not up to the current code are now eligible to be used as childcare facilities. But 400,000 extra spaces in two years' time.
0: Okay, you're talking about kindergartens and daycare centers. And kindergarten, that sort of
1: kindergartens thing. and daycare centers together.
0: And and maybe some other
1: form of child care involving babysitters and such right, things. Right,
0: because we're not talking about elementary school or high school, junior high school. We have plenty of those. We have all those and we in fact we're closing
1: 500 schools, elementary schools per year, and mm-hmm. have been doing so for 20 years. Okay, stem the tide. Let's have more children. That's right. So the idea is that the first step is to get more daycare spaces. First off, they've never built more than 50,000 in a year. So they're going to try an eightfold increase or maybe a fourfold increase. So it's since it's over two years in acquiring land, acquiring the permission, and then building these things. Okay. That's a huge ambitious goal, but there's never been an increase in demand of 400,000 over 200, over two years. It's never happened. Now, there is the idea that people will start trying to get into the workforce if there are spaces available that wouldn't have otherwise, Mm -hmm. and that's what they're shooting for. But in all of these proposals, there are all these incredibly ambitious targets which then people, because there's an opportunity open, are supposed to take advantage of. The Special Economic Zones are the same thing. We're going to carve out sections of Japan where the laws of Japan don't apply.
0: Has this ever worked? Oh, It's worked everywhere
1: around the world, but the problem is, is that there's a, there are trade-offs. Mm-hmm. In the case of China, they really needed to do it because they had gone through the Cultural Revolution. There was, capitalism was not anything that they could handle psychologically, economically, physically. So they had right. the special economic zones to introduce this new philosophy into the country, and it was absolutely necessary to do it that way. But here, Japan is an advanced industrialized nation and you're going to be setting up zones where the laws of Japan don't apply.
0: Right, and isn't it true that most of these small special economic zones, they're they're somewhat of a pork barrel for certain special interest groups or certain wealthy individuals or politicians in their district to increase the the tax revenue for the surrounding areas? Well, not even for the surrounding areas, for only their own
1: district, that it's a vampire Mm -hmm. kind of program where one area Gets to draw in all kinds of people through deregulation, so that the country as a whole is poorer for it. Right, that's a really a a very major problem, and it's a very very clear possibility. We had, let's for example, there's the SEZ that's involved with the finance community, and one of the aspects of that is to, in order to make international bankers and such more willing to move to this SEZ, they're going to make it possible to hire uh, foreign women or men as household help, Okay. and there's going to be a special way of getting around the normal
0: visa barrier Mm -hmm. against
1: that kind of labor coming in.
0: So the way it stands right now, you have to have a special visa qualification, an investor visa, that allows you to bring in a a Filipina maid or or something like that. Other visas don't allow you to do that. And
1: and, and that's a really restricted and difficult to use program. They're going to liberalize that. What was the first thing that happened? Of course. Duskin, the largest of the companies that provide household services, ha- that do cleaning, provide mops for, right. for restaurants and everything. They immediately said, "Great, We'd like to have hire through us 1,500 foreign uh, household help workers. They immediately glommed onto that, that we can farm out, that we can then farm yeah. out. You know, they, they immediately picked up on on the the possibilities that were there mm-hmm. for them to skirt the normal visa rules which would never allow such a, a movement of labor and that was not the intention of the, of the the loosening of the restrictions but that's what's going to happen and that's going to happen in all kinds of different industries that companies will take advantage of it now there are people who say that's the point right? That's the point, let, to let companies do things in more creative ways.
0: Right, show, show other people that there is an opportunity here, they can create the wealth, they can keep more of the wealth, they can expand their base of operations, they can come into a, a country that is normally very difficult to come into or be successful in, give it a shot.
1: And the, when the immigrants come, the country doesn't fall to pieces. Mm-hmm. Prove that in this small economic zone and then we can have, that can be a gateway To the entire country being opened up, right? Okay, that's that's generally the way they've explained it, and that's fine. And we're there are all kinds of interesting things that are going to be happening in the SEZs, and it's not just in corporate finance, it's not just in, in, in corporate governance, it's in all kinds of different areas, and it's in all kinds of different industries. We have an SEZ way up in Akita Prefecture that's all about agriculture and forestry. We have. Others in the south as well that are about agriculture, and agriculture is indeed one of the areas that the Abe administration has focused on. First, breaking the back of JA uh, in order to somehow in, to inject competition into right. the Japanese agricultural community. That I don't think will work because what the reforms that they're going to do is merely cutting off the head of the and the hydra is just going to come up with thousand mm-hmm. more heads. Uh, but Oh, a step
0: in the right direction, and, and, and it was it, a very difficult move for them to make.
1: And no surprise, the international financial press valued that the most highly of all of the reforms that have happened so far. I think the FT gave it an A minus or something, mm-hmm. and they they had a grade for everything, and that was the highest grade that the Abe administration got. Right. So this is both a real attempt to try to reinvigorate Japan, and also it's a show. It's, a P, it's PR, but
0: that's politics. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of creating more uh, facilities for child rearing, for uh, child care, that sort of thing, because um, it, it is a long lag time when you're raising children and the children, the number of children definitely has to increase. But in conjunction with that is trying to push women up through the corporate ladder, having numerical targets for companies to achieve. And not only that, but to have um, a more women in the workforce
1: the the question of whether more women can be injected in the workforce is really serious now the m curve of women leaving the workforce in order to have children right. is still pretty deep in japan so that there is possibly a, a chunk of women whom if childcare were improved would would, right. would would move in but already the, the japan's rate of Workforce participation for women is higher than the workforce participation rate for women in the U.S. Mm. Okay, so we're already at a pretty high level to start off with. So you're talking about increments here. Right. Beyond that, the uh, the, the
0: idea. We're not looking at increments, though. We want massive step change.
1: Isn't well, yeah, that right? but the, the massive step changes are unbelievable. They want to have by 2020. That's five years from right. now. Thirty percent of management positions held by women the current number is 8% are you out of your minds are you you're not or do you think that the voters are this stupid well the voters aren't the voters know that's impossible but oh. outside investors might say wow they've got ambitious targets they're not going to hit them but they've, these people yes. really want to try
0: hard well it's not just the voters i mean k don ren the lawyers association none of them have voted for supplying targets for um, growth in bringing women up through the workforce well the, the, all these things there there really does seem to be a
1: dichotomy between the outside world and the domestic world mm-hmm. and, and the messages for each are very very different and for pe- persons like you and me who look at both sides of it it's hard for well I don't know maybe it's not hard maybe you don't feel cynical about it but I am mm-hmm. I, I feel. I feel like this is this this is is a con.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think um, I am a little bit more optimistic about it. Uh, Japan is ripe for a change, and not just incremental change. It's ripe for dramatic change, and and dramatic change needs to come in. And there are a couple of issues that are just crying for attention: women in in the workforce and women in the upper echelons of of, of corporate governance and and govern itself. Right. And in the, exactly in, in the political world too. And this. But the thing is.
1: I cannot see a commitment toward attacking the powers that be. That would be interesting. Now, Mr. Koizumi, in his uh, economic reforms, definitely targeted extremely powerful vested interests. Here, the emphasis seems to be on. How do we make life easier for vested interests?
0: You know, if he took on the security legislation and passed that one through successfully, nobody would have predicted that three years ago. And he did it. So he's going to announce his new cabinet tomorrow. It's not going to be a massive change. There will probably be eight or ten new ministers. Um, But I think we can look forward to some rather dramatic changes in the new administration that is not, you know, being confused and and hogtied by you know focus completely on the security legislation he's rather unfettered now and he is focused on the economy
1: okay he is focused on the economy and the things that the government can do about the economy but i first of all in terms of this new cabinet i have to admit that i was wrong i have to say that i thought there would be a big switch over in personnel in order to rejuvenate the whole government's process more than 8 a- you're saying I'm saying that I was looking at a, a twelve a, a something on that 15. order. Yeah, so to get a lot of the various factions, and there's a new faction right. in on this governance of the country to bring them all in and have a have a team LDP instead of a team Abe. Mm-hmm. What we're seeing is Team Abe squared. All of the major allies, the the friends of Abe. The, the, the best friends of Abe, they're all being retained right. in, in, their, in their jobs. The only one who's going is the Minister of Education because of the complete collapse of the Olympics. Everything else is being kept the same way. Now, there's no sense that there's going to be a swerving from, what, from this path that they've been on, which was a path of you know, sort of mediocre commitment, there's no sense that someone grabbing the wheel and making a change of direction instead what we're it's it's that old joke that they say you know there's plan a and plan b is to make plan a work <laughs> right. that's exactly what i'm seeing in terms of both the rhetoric and also
0: these projected they're still not happened they still haven't happened yet cabinet changes but isn't a train really coming down the down the tracks at us there is economic downfall if Japan doesn't get its act together and do something about getting the country back on track. I mean, it's 20 a, the, years, it's, it's huge.
1: Yeah, but it's also, there's a set of trains and they're, mm-hmm. they're, the, the, it's demographics from one end, Yes, it's globalization from another end, there are all kinds of different forces that are coming in on Japan simultaneously And you have to be really nimble to decide, okay, I can't handle all of them, what can I handle out of each of them that has the maximum payoff? And I'm seeing more an interest in political payoff than an economic uh,
0: payoff. Well, that's unfortunate. Listen, on on the bright side though, the Prime Minister has announced more than a 200% increase in the reception of uh, asylum seekers and refugees. Isn't this really terrific? This, This could change the the political dynamics and and the voter registration rules. It would be good to point out that you are being sarcastic at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Over the last 10 years, I think Japan has admitted about 12 Syrian refugees. Is that right? Or is it just refugees in general? It's, It's an unbelievable number. In New
1: York, he promised nothing. But he's starting from a base of nothing. Right. The number of asylum seekers that are accepted into Japan every year is somewhere less than thirty, usually. Uh, so a two hundred percent increase is huge. <sighs> yes. Yes. Statistically speaking, mm-hmm. uh, in in terms of Japan's international contribution, and that's what's so galling. It's that he has sold the. Security legislation, as Japan having to d- pull its weight internationally in terms of security, he is every time he gets off a plane, he writes another big check uh, for aid so that sh- right. to show that Japan is making its international contribution. But asked to deal with the most pressing and tragic human catastrophe, Japan doesn't show up.
0: I think they'll get a free pass on that. Because I, because of the 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 aid that they're going to be getting, yes, m- mostly because of the aid, but also because the argument that bringing any kind of foreigner, especially foreigners from the Middle East or or refugees, in fact, the the country and the culture just doesn't have the capacity to absorb that kind of a um, inclusion. And I mean, the differences in in religion, and they're just the fear of of uh, the Muslim community exerting some kind of negative impact on. On the Japanese uh, culture is just, I mean, the Japanese by by nature are rather timid and, and fearful of, of those kind of unknowns. And
1: the Ms. World Japan is half African-American. The, the world is changing. Sure. I mean, you just have to look at, I mean, there are, there are half members of the diet and not just a few of them. Now, there are halves, and when I say half, I'm using the, the Japanese term, it's entirely uh, it doesn't mean they're half human. It right. means that they're 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 half Japanese and half something else. Unless you're Japanese, you know. People that have assessment. tried to come up with a new term for right. it, but but Hafu seems to be the one that they're right. the half is mixed they ta- blood. They're they're taking over, right? And and they're taking over, and people are are happy with it. You don't necessarily see any kind of reaction now. If if the person is a pure Korean who speaks beautiful Japanese, that's a problem for some persons, mm-hmm. but but admixing from other places, not so much. The, the only place where you could possibly say that there's any problem with new, uh, an increase in the number of immigrants is simply that the language skills here in Japan are so poor. Right. There are so few people who speak foreign languages well mm-hmm. and that could be a problem and certainly would be a problem providing refugees with services. Okay, that's accepted. But the reason why languages are so poor is precisely because so many so few foreigners have been allowed in, right? There's just not been a matching of supply and demand except at a very, very low level.
0: Well, something's got to happen, and I don't think that something is going to be the influx of massive amounts of foreigners or immigrants who are coming into the country. But
1: didn't the hasn't the government asked for on behalf of the construction industry? We need about 20,000 right. uh, foreign people, who I, I don't know, I forget the. it was a very
0: specific set of countries that were going to be providing them. Well that's what happened in the 64 Olympics too. They just didn't have the right kind of laborers to pour concrete, to fix the roads, to build the Shinkansen track and that sort of thing. They imported massively from uh, throughout uh, Southeast Asia and in particular South Korea.
1: Um, well in Southeast Asia for certain because they were trying to get on their good side being is that they would never get what they wanted which was economic relations with china
0: mm-hmm.
1: which had been japan's big savior in the pre-war era well okay that's history and that doesn't necessarily have to do with the three arrows but the three arrows that of abe are supposed to be three arrows together right and that the idea is that you put them together and then you don't have something that can be broken right
0: they are sequential they're they're together they're bound they're implemented in some sort of a integrated fashion okay
1: the three arrows that came out if they're separated or together there's no there's this doesn't make a darn bit of difference mm-hmm. the, the, the the symbolism right. the con- the concept it, it's it's basically a brand now right and What's actually the product is something quite different. Now, mm-hmm. the government has set up a, a nice presentation about all that it's doing and it, there are all kinds of good things in it, all kinds of good ideas, and if they get even a few of them done, fantastic. That's something to applaud. But when you read it and look at it and then think over the last 30 years what has really happened you get the sense that this is PR,
0: mm-hmm. not plan, but PR. Okay, I can kind of anticipate, but let me just specifically ask anyway. What's your prediction on what these new three arrows are going to produce for the Abe administration in the medium term, the next two years or so?
1: They're supposed to get new, new interest in Japan, and they certainly have done that. The uh, reviews of the various uh, foreign press, foreign press, right. has been universally meh, because it is a small set of things. However, it is focused and what I can see sort of the outlines of what they're trying to do. One of the key points I think is media management is one of the things that they want to try and they want to get specifically beyond the correspondents who are based in Tokyo. I think that the the administration believes that there's no salvation there, there's no way of convincing the Tokyo-based journalists of being for Abenomics, being for the Abe administration. And so they're reaching out and picking out things that outsiders talk about and saying, okay, yes, we're interested in that, we're really interested in that, why don't you come and talk to us and we'll talk to you. Okay. So that th- there is a sense, and, and, and this is all a part of... Branding, Abe, branding Japan. Branding Japan, but also it's really been a, an obsession, it's maybe even an ideology, of the Abe administration and its friends that what has really hurt Japan over the last decade, in particular, is that we don't have an international PR presence. Mm-hmm. The Chinese do, the Koreans do, we in Japan, we haven't argued our views, whether it has to do with mm-hmm. wartime brothels, whether it right. has to do with Japan's economic future, we have not put out our own PR. Right, And if we do, things will go much better for you. Mm. Now, that's poppycock, obviously. Japan's problem has never been its PR department. Japan, to be honest, to be fair, is a free rider in world security and has not pulled its weight. Right. If the security legislation truly dealt with that issue and said, we have to do this, and this is what these are the issues that we're, where we have to improve our contributions to international security. That would be impressive. instead, they've gone about this backdoor route and 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 made things possible for
0: the SDF to do try new things. but
1: it's not really a commitment.
0: Well it's a huge step forward. I mean, so much that the United States wanted to do to relinquish some of the bases to to let the self-defense forces, um, shoulder some of the burden and, or the submarine surveillance and that sort of thing
1: yeah, i mean but yeah but that okay but i'm not sure if the the, the the changes there will respond to what the united states wants the mm-hmm. same is true in terms of economic reforms there there's a lot of PR there's a lot of things that sound good and that's smart if you can draw in certain if you let's say there's some analyst in New York who has always been carping on a particular issue and you offer a specific government new program that answers that issue, so that analyst from in the future will write more positively about Japan. Okay, yes, that's smart, that's focused, and that may have an effect.
0: Sure, but Uh, voters and consumers and people just in general don't like to be tricked and they don't like to be manipulated by flashy words and Pretty pictures and that sort of thing. So the PR only goes so far. You have to produce the beef with that sort of a a proposal. And so far that has not happened. Okay, well then they're they're in real trouble. I predict that they're going to come up with something a little bit more dramatic, something a little bit more befitting of a country like Japan. I think they're going to really start to kick this thing off. They have to. Well, I certainly hope you're right. Well, I hope so too. Let's talk about that. In our next issue, let's talk about other issues, for example, corporate governance, or um, what other things can we talk about?
1: We're gonna have to see what the new cabinet looks like and make some predictions there. Right. But that's not going to happen for, well,
0: when this is being shown, it'll be tomorrow. Right. (laughs) Okay, well with that, I'd like to draw today's conversation to a close, if you don't mind. You've been watching Tokyo on Fire. Today's burning issue has been Abe's Three New Arrows. You can contribute to these conversations by sending us your comments via email at comments at tokyoonfire.com. Alternatively, using Twitter, you can reach us at hashtag TokyoOnFire. Perhaps the best way to interact with us is by providing your comments directly in the dialogue box on YouTube. Finally, this podcast is available on iTunes. My name is Timothy Langley. Thank you for watching. Tell your friends about us. See you next week.